and when I tell you my ball hit me in the teeth so hard that I broke blood, and yeah. I was just look, I was looking down at myself, and I was like, I'm bleeding, and I'm not even out. Yeah. I was like. All right, tonight I have with me two members of a new form team, Shred, and two former members of Kill the Comp. Tonight I have Dylan Cruz and Jaquan Moore, better known as Quan. How are you guys doing tonight? We're doing great, man. Doing fine, doing fine, man, doing fine. Cool. All right, so Dylan, why don't you give everyone a little information about yourself, where you're from, and where and how people would know you. Um, name Dylan Cruz. Uh, people probably know me from UDC. That's where I, make, I made my first appearance at. We played UDC 2015, 20, 2015, 2016, 2017, and 2018, right? Four years, yeah. First two years in Vegas, second two years in Chicago. Um, people basically know me from dodgeball. Um, I'm normally a person that's like plays late game, so that's normally my play style. Other than that, we just made a splash into UDC, I mean, into Elite this last year at Nationals, so I was virtually like unknown to the floor world until nationals when we came with um awesome and impact so that's basically a rundown of me i'll let Quan jump in after uh well my name is Shaquan moore um i also am a member of kettle cop like you said we played uh ubc those four years uh i, I wouldn't even say people really i thought like people know of me you know i don't feel like people anybody really knows me like people know of me pretty much like going like based off word to mouth kind of yeah i feel like people like i definitely feel like i knew of you guys as a team but yeah. definitely didn't know who any of you were like i knew i knew that there was like a guy on the team with a big arm and i was like i guess that's him once i saw you throw and i knew yeah. that like the rest of you guys were sort of like there was sort of a lot of athletic players who could throw and catch and could move around a lot you know you watched like the highlights and like i think Dylan, you have that famous flip dodge. That no, that was, Is that, that not you? Taylor. Oh, it's Taylor. People don't give Taylor enough credit for the dodge, like for the floor. I mean, for a trampoline dodgeball, like mm -hmm. agility wise. Like I have five or six clips of Taylor flipping over dodgeballs, like catching, flipping. Just I don't know. He, he, I don't. I don't think he got the credit he deserved on the trampoline. Some people gave him the credit, but he he was. He did. It was called like the flippy flippy block. They called it. They yeah, like it was in like the top. It was in like the top ten plays of the year or something like that. Yeah, and he like front flipped over the dodgeball, which was sick. But but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like people know of us, but like you said, when you actually get to see us play, you you can point out who's who, kind of mm. like going based off what you heard. So uh, that's pretty much how UDC went, and then even kind of going into elite. I'm saying like even transferring over to floor, I felt like it was like more or less like how are these guys gonna do? Like some people knew us from UDC, like okay, they're a Trent team, they're really good on the Trent, they can dodge really well. But how are they gonna transfer that over to floor? So I feel like a lot of people knew of us through through UDC, but then seeing us on the floor too kind of gave them like a a big like understanding of who we are. We also were owed a lot of ass whoopings on the floor. Like when we came into it, we 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 weren't like the most loved team. I don't think we still are, but like we weren't the most loved team. And when we came into the floor, into the floor community, people were like, "Yeah, we owe these kids some." Ass I remember post 
of people like I can't wait till these Trent kids come and play floor dodgeball, like a bunch of stuff like that. And we got a up pretty often when we first came into the into the community. So Well I think you know, I think some of that comes from the fact that like there were so many of the the trampoline dodgeball players that like are I'm not saying you guys actually refused to, but it was like it felt like to the to the floor dodgeball players, like the elite players were like, oh those guys don't want to come play floor dodgeball. Like they're against it. Like I know I sent you guys invitations to tournaments at some point and you guys were like, no, 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 we're not going to do that. And so like as a community, I think everyone's like, oh, they're just, they're trampoline dodgeballs. And now they're only playing floor because trampoline disappeared. So I think that's probably why there was like a, a little bit of negative opinion that's, towards you guys. That's also true too. It, it is true. It is true in a sense. Yeah, yeah. I can go back to like my messages. And I remember after uh, UDC year one, I messaged Mark because Mark came up to me in Vegas and was like, hey, man, come down and play. Like, you guys are talented. Uh, come down and play elite. Like, you're going to get a different feel for feel for the game. And I went out, and I actually bought 8.5 dodgeballs, and we practiced at a facility, and we hated it. Yeah. We hated it. Oh, my God. Like, we were just like, this is not trampoline dodgeball. Mm -hmm. So, I try, every year I tried to kind of pull them into, I mean, to floor dodgeball, but they wouldn't budge. They would not budge. And we did go into the community because, they, like, we love dodgeball, but it was like, all right, now we got to mm -hmm. kind of it's, with it's it. Like, it's like no dodgeball or four dodgeball. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So just like, you know what, let's yeah. play catch. Why not? You know what I'm At this point, we already lost what we was pretty much like. That was our baby. On, that was our baby. Saying? So it was like. UDC was our baby. Out. So for you guys, is is – no sting, at least like a comfortable medium, and it's like the same ball type, at least that you guys were used to from UDC, and then playing at least you know it's a little bit combination of both things you were sort of used to, you know. Uh, I would say yeah. I mean, I, I definitely enjoy no sting because uh, of you know the ball type, but now I would honestly say I love eight point five. Like personally, well, I've you have the biggest fucking hands I've ever seen. <laughs> when you shake my hand, it goes up my elbow. So <laughs> and then I an eight, yeah, 8.5 ball should be your should be dream for you. So yeah, starting it was definitely no thing we were comfortable with, um, which was pretty shocking too because our first elite tournament we didn't even play no thing. I believe we only played 8.5. Yeah, because we didn't have a co-ed team. So we, we'll turn, we played we played in the first uh, the New Year tournament. Which oh was yeah, our, yeah, that was in a, that was like Abdul's tournament. Yeah, yeah, it was Abdul's tournament and. Um, it was like a New Year tournament. We went yeah. out there in our first game. We got our asses whooped by an all girls team. First game, <laughs> we want the winning uh, two to three. Uh, yeah, best of three. We won two, uh, but yeah, that was rough, man. We we didn't know what we were doing. We were stepping on the line. People were pump faking. We were stepping out of bounds. We were used to trampolines. We were jumping. Yeah, came with no knee pads on. Like we didn't know what we were doing. So that was our first showcase in a tournament. With with 8.5, well, just on the floor, straight up on the floor. And then our first elite tournament was the one, I think, in PA or Jersey. or It was somewhere close by. It took us like an hour and a half to get there from. Okay. It was round one last year. Yeah, I, don't, I can't remember where round one was. But I, I, I don't know. I guess I just remember being able to watch you guys much more in the one that was super far in Rochester, in, uh, in North Carolina or wherever that tournament was. So. Oh. Was it Boston? Boston? No, no, no. Boston was round three. Oh, yeah. Boston was round three. So, round two was 
It was the one that was we've never played in before yeah. down in like uh, at that college. Um, but it was the first time I got to see you guys play, and that was the tournament that you guys did much better in set in in Nosting as well. That I think you guys got second second or third place in Nosting. Uh, third place we got round two. We got second. Uh, no round two. We got third place in Nosting. Yeah. We lost the hello in semis. We went best of seven, I think, or six. It was it was a good game. Mm-hmm. And then we lost um, to – I mean, then we beat Impact's co-ed team for the third spot. So that was our first, like, win. Yeah. So I just want to go back a little bit and just go back over sort of who you guys are. So you guys grew up in Long Island, and you guys grew up together, or do you guys meet? Uh, we kind of met. Uh, I actually went to a different school district going into pretty much up to ninth grade. <laughs> and then I uh, came to Bayshore, which where uh, Dylan was actually living and going to school at the time. Uh, we weren't friends until what? 10th grade. 10th grade. Well, we were. We, were we knew each other. We but... knew each other. But we weren't like hanging out, hanging out to like 12th grade, 11th grade. We met through actually morning. sneakers. Me and him were, were sneakerheads in high school and we used to trade sneakers back and forth. So. Like, we used to just go to school, ask, it, like, I'd be like, oh, you want these? Like, he'd tell me no, or we trade a different pair of sneakers, he'd sell me a pair of sneakers. And then, like, that's how we kind of, like, established our friendship. But then mm-hmm. it wasn't until, like, senior year where we got real close. And that's, honestly, that's around the time, too, when I got close with Bert. Bert's also from Bayshore, too. Like, well, he's not from Bayshore, but he went to Bayshore High School at one point in time. So us three, we just came up through the same school district together. And then we just got real close and it was just, it was history from there. We've just been close. Like Quan's my best friend, Bert's my best friend, like beyond dodgeball, these are my boys. Like mm-hmm. we do. So it just seemed natural to play a sport together. Yeah. We, and we played different sports too. So. So growing up, what sports did you guys play? Um, I played, I played baseball and uh, volleyball in high school. I played, I played basketball too. I actually fractured my spine when I was a freshman and it kind of like it was right during basketball season. And then I just stopped playing after that. But yeah, I played um, volleyball and uh, baseball from ninth grade to 12th grade. And what position did you play in baseball? I was a middle infielder. I played short. I played my freshman year. I got pulled up to varsity. I played like second base and I would pinch run and stupid stuff like that. But then I wound up going from second base to short. Like, I think my 10th and 11th grade year, I started off over there. And then um, senior year, obviously, I played short as well. And so, I mean, I think it's pretty <laughs> obvious how baseball translates to dodgeball, you know, throwing ca- techniques, getting yourself set up, and also, like, totally for catching and things like that. But how do you think volleyball helped? Do you think, think there's there anything was, that you in volleyball helped you set up for dodgeball? It was – volleyball was one of those sports that I just picked up in, my like, my eighth grade year, and it was just, like, one of those athletic sports. Like, it was fun. I stopped wrestling to play volleyball, and it was actually just – I think it was more of, like, a sport that I felt more athletic on. Like, I felt instead of wrestling. So, I think the, just the athleticism behind it, the jumping, the um, – just the agility, just being able to, like, stay on the gym floor mm-hmm. and – um. Like, to be – I was a libero. I was a libero and an outside hitter. So, just being athletic, I think that's – like, the athleticism of volleyball helped transli- like transition to just me playing dodgeball, like being agile on your feet. Just- I think also, you know, I played volleyball as well, and I think, you know, just being able to track a ball into a, into a bump, into a set, all those things that you're, yeah. you're doing, just that eye coordination that 
you know, that translates really well to dodgeball, which is all about your catching is basically being able to trans, you know, transition from the ball from someone's hand to your hands. Um, I think volleyball definitely helps in that sense. His same sort of thing. Quan, what did you play in high school? Uh, I played football and I ran track, tried out for the basketball team, made it, didn't like it. <laughs> so I stopped playing. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, just football, track mainly. And you still play football, right? I do. I do. And you're a wide receiver? Yes, I am. Wide receiver, side, slide, you know, depending on. He was filthy in high school. Don't (laughs) let him be humble. He was filthy in high school. I've seen highlights. I've seen highlights of how good you were. I'm all right. I'm all right. Did you have did you have uh, thoughts of trying to play college or it just didn't work? I actually did. Um, I was playing in school. I was playing spring ball. Uh, Times got rough with like traveling to school, so it was kind of rough on me. Then I had to like bring all my equipment with me Mm -hmm. home to practice, home to practice, and then you know school too. So it was it was a lot. So I actually stopped. Wish I didn't. So that summer that I stopped. My boy hit me up and was like, Quan, let's play a flag football. Can you, like, are you free on a Sunday morning? Come play flag football with us. I'm like, you know what? Fine. I'm not doing nothing. I can play with you guys. That Sunday morning, I'm out there playing. I ended up tearing my ACL. Didn't know, though. Didn't know. So I told my ACL, went to the hospital after, but I didn't get an MRI. So they took an x-ray. They was like, oh, you're fine. You know, swelling. Put some ice on it, you should be fine. Keep it elevated. It's like, okay. So, uh, now college football is questionable for me. Now I'm thinking, like, you know, is my knee going to be the same? So, uh, I tried going back. Wasn't the same because me not knowing that my ACL was torn. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking it's just, you know, a regular bruised knee or whatever. Um, so, college wasn't going as planned as I wanted to. So I was like, all right, this is not how it's not working for me. I'm just going to be like, right, I'm going to push this away. I'm going to focus towards school. So that's what I did. You know, I started focusing more towards school, my career that I want to get into, um, which is engineering. So uh, that's pretty much what happened with college football. I kind of just, you know, push it to the side. Mm-hmm. Do I miss it? Yeah. But, you know, I'm still playing on a travel team now. So it's still pretty interesting for me. So did you end up having surgery eventually, or you're still playing without with a torn ACL? I was uh, okay. So I told my ACL. Talk about about UDC. Talk about what yeah. I told my ACL probably two years before I got it fixed. Okay. So this is before I knew. So um, I was actually playing football on on the travel team. I got hit in my knee. I heard it pop. I knew it was over. I knew that was it. So uh, they take me to the hospital, uh, you know, they do the whole x-ray thing. They tell me, you know, you got to go follow up. This time, I have to go follow up with MRI. You know, like, it's not like, oh, whatever, I'm going to push it on. Yeah. So actually followed up with an MRI doctor. Um, he actually told me that the ACL, this time you know, I told my ACL the first time, he said the ACL was the old tear. He's like, the new tear is your MCL. You completely tore your MCL, completely tore your ACL. Oh, I, I never knew that. So now I'm thinking like, okay, now since the ACL is the OT, I know where it came from. And that came from the first time I enjoyed it playing flag football. So then me finding out that news, I knew we had UDC coming up. So now I'm like, oh, how am I going to tell my boys? How am I going to tell my team? I don't want them to go there without me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 
I just feel like it was too much. They would have been thinking too much. They would have felt like they can't perform as they normally could. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it to myself right now. You know, I'm gonna see how I feel in a couple of weeks um, before you know telling them before trying to go play. So I did. I kept it to myself. It was more of a mental thing for me. So you played um, UDC with a torn ACL and a torn MCL. MCL and MCL. You freaking used to wrap this. Sh- I used to wrap it. it like three times, right. and then he used to take this big brace and he used to put it over his knee, and then he used to like I don't know what he so pray you know. on it or something. Because Jesus, <laughs> so you did you stay? You stayed kept playing corner also at that point. Yes, yeah. he was playing corner. Wow. So I would I would use the KT tape that uh, UDC was sponsored by at mm-hmm. the time, and I would tape the knee like four different ways. And then I will wrap it with an ace bandage, like two ace bandages over it, and then put my knee brace on top over it on everything. And you know, it was hard to maneuver a little bit, but it just felt good to not to let my team down. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to really have I, I just did not want them to go to UDC and have to play with four people. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, dude, I just gotta do what I gotta do. And then and that's the mindset that I had with after getting the surgery, before getting the surgery, you know what I'm saying? Even even now, after, you know, still have to play smart because mm-hmm. I can tell you it's easier to tear it. So. And so this yeah. is your, was this your plant leg or your push leg? Your right or left leg? My right leg. So, so it's your push leg too. Push leg, yeah. Do you feel like you have more pace to your ball now that you have like a solid knee? And you feel like more comfortable in it? Yeah. I feel more comfortable. And, and honestly, my right leg is... I would say sh- pretty much stronger than my left leg. Yeah, I mean, they always say that the person, you know, once you tear it, like, just because you, you rehab it so much that sometimes you come back and you're even stronger with that leg. Yep. Which is interesting. So, that, that was a rough time for me, but. So, that's how you guys met and Bert met as well. And so, when did yeah. you guys start KDC? Was it that year, 2015? 2015. Well, in 2014, which was our senior year, we graduated 2014. We are trying to make me feel old again. <laughs> I told you, you age well for a white man. I know. I, I made sure to point that on the podcast. <laughs> I was going to bring it up later. Um, what's it called? We, it was 2014. We graduated high school. And we, the Sky Zone was open. And people used to go over there. And I remember Bert um, and Quan, they were closer than I was with them at that point in time. And they were like, yo, like, Come, come to Sky Zone. Let's go, like, try it out. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've been there before, but I used to go. We used to just go with girls, whoever was yeah. there. And we would just do the uh, dunk and jump in the foam pit, like, stupid stuff like that. You know, like, now nah, let's go play dodgeball. I was like, yeah, yeah, like, I'm down. So we went over there, and they already had previously went together, and they liked it. And we just started, like, going and beating up on people on, like, Saturday nights and Thursday nights and when they had dodgeball night. And KTC wasn't a thing at that point in time. And I remember for 2014 UDC, we missed it. There, uh, the owner of Skyzone was like, listen, we'll waive your fee. Just come out and play in the, in the tournament. We'll waive your fee so you could just play for free. I don't know what we were thinking. We wound up not doing it. But for 2015, we were like, nah, we're doing it this year. And then we kind of like had our base three for KTC. It was me, Quan, and Bert. Mm-hmm. And then we, Taylor was actually another person that he's from the town right next to us. So he used to go to that sky zone as well. And it started off because he came and he tried to like 
beat us and it wound up not happening. We whooped his <laughs> And then he kind of just like was, there was one time I remember, I remember perfectly, we were looking for another person to join the UDC team. And I saw Taylor like, like flatten himself out and then like flip over a ball and then catch one. And I was like, yo, Quan, we should pick this kid up. He's pretty filthy. <laughs> and he was like, yeah. And we asked him if he had a team. He said no. And the Kill the Comp name came from just, I, I remember Bert posted a picture on, on was it, Insta- yeah, it was Instagram? Oh, yeah, and he was like, he just wrote Kill the Comp on it. So it just felt natural that mm-hmm. after, like, everything just came from the Kill the Comp and, like, it was, like, the KTC, I liked how it flowed and you know, just, just, a, just the whole, like, demeanor of our team were very, were very aggressive, very, like, cutthroat <laughs> with everything that we do. We're also from, all from New York. And then we also picked up Carlos, the one that um, he doesn't play anymore, but he played last season in the league. We mm-hmm. picked him because uh, he was he did the same thing. He came in. Is he, he the was, older guy that wears the bandana? No, no, no. Carlos is the. Uh, you guys had one dude who's like older. Looking. He has the little he has the little chin strap, the little Spanish kid. Um, but there's another guy that's like older who wears like goggles, right? That was Ben and Brian. Okay. They, and they weren't normal players for KTC? No. They were just for when you guys went to UDC, just to have an extra player or two? Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, not even UDC. They, they, we didn't even bring them to UDC. They, we brought them for Elite because okay. we yeah, had just... five people for – we always had five people. Our, our core five for KTC was our core five for the first four years. Mm-hmm. And then into Elite our first season, too. But – Elite, you need six people, and honestly, for the rounds, you kind of need seven, just so you know that you're secured with six, like on the court yeah. at all times. And then we only had five, so we picked up uh, Ben and Brian in those moments. In an ideal world, six is perfect because, but the problem is you can't determine whether someone's going to get hurt, especially the way you guys play. Like Dylan, you fall on the floor constantly; you're constantly getting hurt. I mean, you're yeah. never sitting out, but it's like you're constantly getting hurt. So it's yeah. like six is ideal, but it does not rela- It's not realistic. And then eight almost sometimes seems like too much because like you get out of your flow and like dodgeball is so much of a flow sport that if you don't have that rhythm, you just sort of like just get out of it. Yeah. Seven is kind of the mandatory number, but six I think is like ideal. If you could just be like, no one's going to get hurt. Nothing bad's going to happen. The year that we won um, the East, we had eight and then two people dropped and we went to six. And it was one of those things where it was just like, we sort of got into a rhythm. The same type of thing. We just flowed much better with six. Um, but yeah, then we went to nationals and we just like burned ourselves out. We were too exhausted. Um, so seven, I think is the ideal number. Yeah. So 2014, you guys started playing dodgeball. 2015, you guys, first year you guys went to UDC. And how'd you guys do that first year at UDC at 2015? Uh-huh. I'll, let you, I'll let you, I'll let you, I'll let you do 2015 it. 2015 was a rough year. Cause you know what it you, is? We went, we, that. You guys crushed your competition in Deer Park, right? Like, there's nobody who competes with this, right? No. So you guys probably came to UDC being like, we're going to crush everybody. I remember me and Quan watching videos, and we were like, bro, these people suck. Yeah. <laughs> they suck, bro. Look at them. Small look- pond, big pond. We were just so, like, so, we were- you know, we went in there with, with a pretty big head on, uh, head on our shoulders. So when we went in there, we were like, yeah, you know, we got this, we got this. But then, you know, at the time, it was in Vegas, so you could get the sky view. You could see mm-hmm. the At walk. So... As we're looking down, you see people calling out plays. You know what I'm saying? You see people one, two, one, two. So it's it's everything is different because we didn't see that in their part. So now yeah. here, it's like wow, like 
I think, I think there's also something, you know, like YouTube footage is great and GoPro footage is great to watch when you know what you're doing. But when yeah. you just watch it and you don't see it live, I don't think you get a real sense of how fast the ball moves exactly. and the angles the balls come at and the things like that. If, there's very little sports I feel like that don't, like hockey is kind of the same way. I don't know if you ever watch hockey on television mm -hmm. versus like when you go to see it live. Like it looks sure. so much faster when you see it in person versus on film. I don't know why, but it just, that's all the same thing. It's like, I think also because often the camera is like super static, like often like just back behind everybody. It's just like, you don't get that real dynamic feel of how fast everything's moving. That's definitely one thing you, the minute you step on the court, you're like, oh, that, that's moving really fast. And oh yeah, they're really close. And oh, oh that pump it, it. Oh yeah. Yeah, I remember also our first year we wound up uh, playing Jeremy Me, and this was when Ketchum was on the team. You mean when and they just, it was just Ketchum and everyone just handed him the ball? That's exactly what they would do. He threw a ball at me and I blocked it. And when I tell you my ball hit me in the teeth so hard that I broke blood and yeah. I was just, look, I was looking down at myself and I was like, I'm bleeding and I'm not even out. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that, that yeah, day, so that team. 2015 was definitely rough. It was definitely one of those eye-opening years, you know. We went there and we didn't even place close to we lost way. going into sweet 16 so we won our first round to some okay. to some no no name team and then we wound up really? playing the unicorns yeah we played the, the unicorns and the we task force no uh, unicorns they were unicorns but is that, were, I, th I think they called them i think they were they used to be task force unicorn and now they're just task force i have no is idea it was it glenn spacer's team no they had two big dreadheads on the team that's all i remember i don't know who that is then interesting and it, and it was hilarious because we thought like unicorns would have been a bunch of like white boys running around with <laughs> and he's like hey we're the unicorns <laughs> so what did you guys so you leave udc 2015 you get home and what is the first thing you guys start talking about next year we literally but i mean what did you take from that oh we actually Try to implement when you got home. I'm saying when you guys got home, you started like, you were like, clearly we need to start pump faking. We need to put in play. Like, what did you guys try to add? So, so when we got home, we tried to do the whole play thing. We tried. Mm -hmm. Remember, we almost we were thinking because me and Quan, Quan was always our captain, but I always kind of like bounced ideas off of Quan because honestly, when it comes to speaking to a, on the court, I'm not a, I'm not captain material. Quan is hands down. So I was like, yo, bro, let's grab the whole roster and redo it. Yeah, so and he bounced it off of me. He was like, bro, I think we should just keep our core and build off of it. Because, you know, everybody was all shaken up and, you know, just hanging their heads. Because it was the first first year we went there, we got smoked. That's just, that happens. So everybody was like, yeah, no, nah, we should just redo the whole team. Then it's like, let's just scrap the whole roster and see who else we could pick up. I'm like, nah, bro, like, let's work with what we got. It was, like we, these people have the experience. We bring new people in, we're gonna end up in the same boat as we did last year because they, they, they're not gonna have the experience that we just had. Mm -hmm. So we kept the same uh, core people. Uh, we tried out the plays. Uh, we tried out the the number system, whether it's one, one through five or five through one, this one eight through eight. However, you know, we mm -hmm. up the little play styles that people were doing in UDC and we tried it. We tried it for probably like a couple of weeks or so, but then it didn't feel natural to us. To us. You know what I mean? We were like, this, is, this isn't how we play. This is not our play style. We mm -hmm. a shoot 
first, ask questions last, or worry about it after. Too. <laughs> we're not, we're not, we're not a team that's just gonna be like, okay, let's just throw one ball. You're more run a gun. Exactly. So, uh, 2015 showed us. You know what I'm saying? Showed it, I, I feel like it brought out our true colors as a team. We didn't know who we were really to after that, and that's how we ended up. How we ended up. And yeah, we 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 definitely got like kind of our we definitely got our foot in the door in 2015 like that was the first year I spoke to a Giovinco twin they came up to me um they spoke to me our actual first debut uh matchup was against shooters like the our first because that was their first year in UDC too that was the year that they knocked out doom mm-hmm. and I remember our first that game is actually on YouTube somewhere it was kill the converse shooters and it was like our first and that's when they were all wearing the jerseys so like it got our foot in the door it got at least thus the experience to see what competitive dodgeball was. And it really humbled us. It humbled us completely. We were like, because I told you, we thought we were going into that thing, into UDC 2015. We were coming out with a check. There was nothing. You could not tell me differently. You could not tell me differently. And then when we got our asses whooped, we were like, okay, let's, let's rethink this. Like, we got we, we to gotta do something different. I think that's like the most common experience that I've talked to everyone about. Everyone's like, yeah, I've had that experience. The only person who hasn't had that experience is stupid Matt Levine, who's like, yeah, you know, we, you know, how does her hand it to us? And then we end up winning. And I'm like, even you, you can't just be like, we got, you know, like, can't you just be normal and just be like, we lost and then we learned and then we got better. He's like, no, no, we lost and then I won. And I'm like, oh, God, I hate you sometimes. That's Matt for you. That's yeah. Matt. <laughs> um, so 2016, you guys come back, and how did you do that year? That's the year you guys placed top, top four? Yeah. Top four. That was, uh, fine. That was a, our final four year. That year, we came back with a whole different mindset. We, were, we didn't come back thinking, like, all right, uh, we're going to beat everybody here. We knew it was going to be a process. We knew it was going to be difficult. It was definitely not easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one thing that made us play that good that year was, what's his name? Um his name he ran udc mark was it mark or no no it? the guy who runs udc oh, you i don't know there was some guy that came up to us and like because mind you first day udc we got our asses whooped again so we were like all right we switched it up we we went back to the drawing board fixed everything and then our first day we're there we went one and no, we went two and six, and one of our wins was a forfeit. So we were like, "Man, I remember, I remember calling my mom that day. Like, mom, I think we're not good at this sport. <laughs> mom, ready to come home? Mom, I want to come home. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm what? I was 19 or 20 years yeah, old at that time. Yeah. So I was like, "Mom, I want to come home. I suck <laughs> at this. <laughs> like, but I was like, that was just kind of like me in that moment, like." pissed off but like I, I don't know something about me I can't suck at stuff like I just I hate it I hate that so I remember uh whatever the dude's name was he came up to us and he was like yo yeah he was like you guys aren't playing like he was like you guys aren't having fun like you guys are forgetting why you're playing and we were all getting at each other like we were fighting yelling at each other and granted that stuff happens especially with adrenaline on the court like you're gonna yell you're gonna scream you're gonna argue with your friends your boys your teammates but we just were we were kind of like like hacking at each other instead of like fighting other teams and when i tell you that lit a fire under our asses 
we want up we want up starting off like one or two and six, two and seven, whatever, and then we want up only losing what one game, one game, the second day. So we want up fighting back, and then like we still had a pretty crappy record. We were like four and four and nine, four and whatever. I mean, not nine and four. It wasn't the best record, or like nine and five or whatever it was, but. I remember he told us that, and it really like we started we started Start creating momentum. We started having fun. We 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 were literally becoming a team again. Cause it's like you know we were we're still young, but we were younger back then. So it was mm-hmm. just, he was just looking at us like have fun. Like that's why you have, that's why you guys are here. Have fun. Cause he kept seeing us argue and stuff. We would get off the court and we like yeah, bickering, bickering, bickering. Yeah, yeah. So it was just like you know have fun, enjoy yourself. Yeah, I think that's it's one of the things. As sort of you, as sort of the lead is now like you know the best players sort of joining together and creating super teams. I think it's one of the things that you lose out in having is like these you know like if you're from you know you guys are from Deer Park or for, from Long Island and all your friends are sort of from the same place and you guys can practice together. But as these teams become super teams, it's like there's less chance to sort of get that like meshing and like knowing the person exactly. And I think you know I think that's. It's one of the things that makes me a little sad about the way things are going and the fact that people are sort of breaking apart. And I sort of like, you know, I loved it when like the teams are from certain areas. Yeah. You know, they're from a certain area. It's like, you know, shooters were from Boston and goat is from New York and, you know, uh, team awesome was from Philly. And it's like, they were the best players from that area and they created those teams. But, you know, like now we have, you know, a couple of people from Ohio, a couple of people, you know, like creating new teams. So it's like, it also makes sense. The best players also want to play together and make the best teams they possibly can. And, you know, if they, if they can get together and practice with each other enough, it might not matter. <clears throat> I mean, clearly in the West Coast, it hasn't mattered, you know. I guess yeah. Doom, is, Doom is from really L.A. and they practice together all the time. But, like, Rise has got players from all over the place and they've won more national championships than anybody's. If you have a system and you can play it that way, then it doesn't really matter, I don't think. Yeah, for sure. So that's 2016. Who did you guys end up losing to in the, fi- in the semifinals? Oh God! Well, oh. that whole that whole bracket was was just tough. But we wound up we were the fourth seed in the bracket. Mm-hmm. So those eight teams, those four seeds, we wound up we wound up playing Rise first round. Mm-hmm. We played Rise, um, and I remember everybody coming up to us telling us like, "Don't don't slow up your game. They're gonna slow your game up because they are four players." We wound up beating them in the two, two, uh, best two out of three, and then we played Shooters, and that they had game, just beaten Doom. No, do, this was 2015 is when they beat Doom. Oh, okay, Doom was still in. Doom was on the other side of the bracket. Gotcha. Um, and shout out to Shooters for like the the matchup, but there were two calls that still today burn me inside. It was the call where um. And it wasn't anything for the – it wasn't like the shooters uh, cheated or anything. It was just a, a bang-bang play, and, re- like, the refs didn't see what happened. Like, there was one play uh, – a double throw was thrown at Quan. One ball hit Quan actually in the face, and then the other ball bounced and hit Quan and bounced off of Carlos, and they called it a double. And then right after that, or right before that um, – it was actually Brandon Kelly actually threw the ball at me and I fell back and I caught it. But at the same time, Bert threw the ball at Brandon and Brandon caught it, but Brandon was already out. Mm-hmm. So my, my throw was supposed to bring a player back in and it actually reversed and it 
took a player off the court because Bert walked off the court. Because he didn't know that. He didn't know that I caught the ball. Gotcha, gotcha. And that, like, in those moments, and this was, and this was Mikey McGee at, like, a, at a younger age, like. Yeah, like 17 still, or 15 he, or some crazy. And he was still filthy. Like, he was still good. Like, I remember, I remember versing, like, going one-on-one against Mike in, like, just different situations. Like, we had a best of seven uh, the day before for, uh, for seeding versus the shooters. Like, it was a best of seven matchup or best of five matchup just for seeding to see who, who got the better seed. Mm-hmm. After you like you made final eight, and that was a of a game, but we want the blues and the shooters, and the shooters want the blues and the doom. And I like, I feel like our momentum right then and there was was what was gonna get us to the chip right there. But like things happen, and you can't really dwell on it. But it, it it's one of those games when I watch, I just I can't like I'm just like I'm very it's just cringeworthy for me now to watch those games because it just pisses me off. And then, so that was, that was a tough loss for you guys. And then coming into 2017, did you feel like you guys were ready to just win it all then? Coming into 2000. That was the year with Quan, that was the, the ACL and MCL. Oh, okay. So, I mean, we had, don't get me wrong, I definitely had that, that fire still to come in there and feed off of the year before, but I also had a lot, a whole lot of other things going on, you know, thinking about, Hurting myself, thinking about mm-hmm. this, thinking about letting my team down, you know. So I wasn't really focused. Yeah, honestly, I wasn't as focused as I could have been. I agree with that. In my perspective, like I wasn't as focused as I should have been. I had some uh, situations going on, like personal situations that were affecting me in life, and I remember just I remember like moments where Quan was like, "Yo, bro, like more than anything, we like the team needs you." Like, and then just 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 mentally not being strong in those moments. And I feel like mentally being strong was one of the biggest things about KPC. It was about like, the thing that sucked about us is if one person's morale was down, everybody's morale mm-hmm. was down. Uh, was well, down. that's that same thing we were just talking about. You guys are such a tight-knit unit that like one person's mood can affect you positively, but also negatively because you guys are such like a, a singular, singular unit. Yeah, we're all boys. Like even Taylor, yeah. one of our best friends too, like, we're, we're, we're boys, like, beyond dodgeball, like, if dodgeball ended tomorrow, like, we, we're still best friends, like, mm-hmm. like, we just happen to play dodgeball, and it just adds to the chemistry, and that's why, exactly. that's why, I like, that, I think chemistry is so important to a team, and, and that year, we just weren't focused, we had a couple people going through stuff, um, I actually just tore, I, I like, no, what I do to my ankle, oh, I had a high ankle sprain, I had a high ankle sprain recently too. I just came off of the boot. Taylor hurt his ankle, um, and then we just had we had a player drop, so we wound up only with five that year. So it was just it was a rough year. And also, I feel like we were on our high horse. Like we just went Final Four. Teams mm-hmm. were looking at us like, oh, like they're they're a top. You had a tar- you had a target opposed to coming in and trying to take people out. And yeah, and I felt like we. I, I felt personally like I let it get to me a little bit because I was like, I right, like I, I had the whole um, the clutch factor from the, the game of Toon Squad. So I was on my high horse a little bit. And again, like I feel like I needed that. Like I needed to be humbled again. And that happened to me in 2017. Mm-hmm. Like I went out there and I felt like I was shit again. And I'm not going to like manifest that and put that out there. But I'm just like when I'm playing, I'm feeling bet I'm feeling good. And 
I didn't have that dog in me, like, ready to fight. And I feel like that's what I thrive off of, like, feeling like the underdog. And that's what I play off of. And I didn't have that. I was more on my high horse than I was on my underdog. Mm-hmm. So that that messed with me personally. And I felt like I learned a lot from 2017. We wound up losing first round to – I don't even remember the team's name. I couldn't even give you the team's name that we lost to. That's how, like – Yeah. I mean, so, so Quan, you pretty much weren't healthy until basically the start of last season, right? I mean, 2018, I'm guessing you were still rehabbing most of the year then, right? I was still, yeah. Uh, I was still rehabbing most of the year 2018, but surprisingly, uh, I healed a lot faster than normal. Because um, you're reason. a genetic freak? <laughs> no, you know No, because he's a genetic freak. He came back like two months early, pulled up the sky zone, and whooped our that night, I will not forget that day. You know what it was? It was, it was like I told you, it's a mental thing. If you, if you feel like it's gonna end you, if you feel like you're not gonna be the same after that, that's what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. You know, the doctor or the or the um, my PT uh, person would tell me, you know, do eight reps or six reps. I would double that every workout. I'm doubling it, doubling, mm-hmm. doubling, doubling. Um, so I was able to run weeks before I was supposed to be able to run. You yeah. know, I was on the treadmill, I was on a bike. Um, I was actually going on runs without them knowing, like, I'll go to the track, run around the track a little bit. Being hard-headed, but, you know, that's just that's just the mentality I had. I wasn't, I didn't want it to, to stop me from doing anything that I was doing before this, you know, whether it was football, dodgeball, or anything. So mm-hmm. that's just the mindset that I had. And, Luckily, it didn't come back and bite me. So yeah, <laughs> that. But yeah, so I was really rehabbing most of 2018, and then 2019 was probably the season that I actually felt 100. percent And then so, you guys get the bombshell that UDC is done. Yeah. How quickly after you found out about UDC was done, did you guys sit and decide you guys are going to do elite? Was it instantly, or were you guys took a while and you're like, what are we going to do? We was actually, that- I think we got the news a night that we go to Sky Zone. Yeah, I think we got the news rather. I forgot what it was rather on like a Wednesday or Thursday. Um, but either way, uh, we normally go to Sky Zone on Thursday nights. So when we pulled up to Sky Zone that Thursday night, you know, everybody was like, "Yo, how can they do this to us? This is that the third. Um, so you know, at first it was like, "What are we gonna do?" So Dylan, Dylan's always been trying to push floor on us. Always, he always was like, "Yo, let's let's just try floor, let's try floor, let's try floor." You know, we're all just like, "Nah, nah, nah, we don't want to do, we don't want to do." But this time, he said, "Let's try floor," and I was like, "You know what? We might what else, as well." Yeah, what else do we have? We don't have it's this or no dodgeball. Like I said, yeah. So, you know, everybody slowly got on board. You know, we started, you know, practicing more, doing floor, but it was definitely it was definitely rough. I would say probably. What, a week or two after we got the news or three weeks after we got the news so we actually tried it it was like so we got the news and then we tried it and then we took a little break from it but oh no 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 we started trying it like about three weeks to a month later but we were only playing with no sling balls because we took the 8.5 balls that I previously got and I threw I, I threw like a kickball day and we were playing kickball for hours with those so they, they were kicked up, up yeah. And, yeah so we couldn't use the 8.5 balls. And I wasn't sure that this time I wasn't making the investment to buy the dodgeballs again because I felt like they weren't going to do it. So I was yeah. like, no, 
I was like, I'm not doing it for them again. Like, I'm not buying all the dodgeballs again. So if y'all going to show me that y'all want to play this, we're going to play with no sling ball at first. Yeah. Well, I think that's a nice, like, step in between also. Same ball, but now you're on the floor. It's like, let's get used to it. And then you can move to the to the big boy ball. Yeah. You know, it's the grown-up ball, not the kid ball. I, I, I don't know. I love 8.5, though, now. So I can't talk. <laughs> Where do you – you still would say you like a no sling ball better than a – 8.5 more you? It's, I feel like I'm two different players also with the ball types. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm so confident that anybody who throws a ball at me, I can catch it with an 8.5 ball. I also feel like I'm good at catching a nose thing, but, like, I feel like I'm more arm when it comes to nose thing, and I'm more finesse when it comes to 8.5. Like, like I'm more of a mental player at the end of an 8.5 yeah. game. I wish um, I was right. Yeah, so, like, I've learned how to, like, kind of maximize my game in both ball types, mm-hmm. but I switch out my game in both ball types. But my ball type that I want to be my favorite, I just don't get enough exposure to it, is foam. You know why you don't like it? Because it sucks. No, I didn't say I don't like it. I said <laughs> I, don't, you don't like it. I don't get enough exposure to it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. People love foam. I hate it. I, I know. I, just, well, I remember that tournament you were telling me you were like, I just don't like I just don't like a foam ball. I just don't like playing a, a game where after I finish my shoulder feels like it's gonna break. It's like I, you shouldn't be throwing pillows. Like you shouldn't be throwing something that light. It's not good for your arm. It there is. Needs be, there needs to be some weight like, behind it. It's like uh, with baseball, they used to always tell us because baseball players love to play wiffle ball. It's just yeah, it's bad for your arm. It is bad for your arm. They would like our coaches would be like, listen, don't be playing wiffle ball tomorrow because I'm gonna be pissed off and I'm gonna know. And they would tell us, like, don't play wiffle ball because you're going to f*** up your arm. Yeah. And it's true. But I also want to get better at foam because we played one foam tournament, and I felt like I was playing foam for years. Like, it felt well, natural to me. Well, your, your, your elusivity definitely translates super well to, to foam because you're just so hard to hit. I mean, you're, I would say after one year of playing with you, you're just, like, arguably one of the people I'm like, oh, God, can we just get him out early so he's not in the – in at the end, he's so hard to hit. And then, you know, that's the thing is that you do very well is that you're so hard to hit that you create – you're able to time balls out so well because you're used to dodging six, seven, eight, ten balls that now the 11th ball comes and you're like, oh, I totally have timed this out. I know exactly where it's coming, and I've got it because I've seen 11 balls. Um, and that's why I think you're uh, like a really great end-of-game player because you really do just wait it out to the point where you almost have the advantage. Um, yeah. Appreciate that. And, that. and I think that translates probably pretty well to foam as well. Quan, I would imagine your giant hands probably make it hard. Like, you pop, you basically wrap your hands around a foam ball. It's like, a, it's like a cue ball. <laughs> <laughs> but what I did learn playing that one foam tournament is... Did you, you throw it to the ground a lot? A lot. You don't have to throw with so much power. I, you know, yeah. I, I realized that after, like, midway through the tournament, my arm is killing me. I think I spoke to you about it. It was like, yeah, we're talking about it. Throwing the ball with so much power. Just push yeah. it. Just push it. And push it's a lot more wrist. It's a lot. It's a. It's definitely like. I think that's the thing is like the people that play foam all the time. It's just a different arm angle. It's a different arm throw, and if you're used to eight point five or used to no thing, it's just you have to get used to throwing a foam ball. And it's you know putting more wrist into it to get more rotation in the ball so that it moves a lot. I just don't like the consistency. Like I can't get a consistent ball. You know, it's like if I stand in front of a wall, and I put an X on it. I mean, maybe it's just because I'm not used to it, but I feel like. If I throw 10 balls, I'm going to hit the same spot twice. You know? It's just like the ball doesn't move with any consistency. It's like, I, I feel it doesn't like make sense to me. 
I, I drop my arm angle for foam. So like I throw kind of three quarters anyway, mm -hmm. but I kind of go sidearm for foam. And I felt like with that, I felt more consistent with the ball. Mm -hmm. Well, so that sort of covers sort of your past. Let's just talk about Elite last year. How did you guys feel about Elite after that first round? What did you feel like you learned from that first Elite, or I guess not the Elite tournament, but Abdul's first tournament in 8.5, and you guys were, went home and were like, what do we need to work on kind of stuff? Was it the same sort of feel that you had with when you left uh, UDC the first year where you're like, oh, we don't pump fake or we don't do strategy and everyone's slowing it down or anything like that? Honestly, that first tournament, I feel like the main reason why we were uh, like getting out or pretty much- We like, didn't know the game. We, we, didn't, we didn't know. Like everything was new. So we were stepping, you probably stepped out of bounds every day that one game <laughs> it was one game that we played <laughs> the dude pump fake and literally four of us stepped out of bounds <laughs> so uh after that tournament we went back home we spoke on staying in bounds that was step one yeah we stay in bounds we at least have a chance we step out of bounds that's it <laughs> so we practiced that a lot and then you know just pretty much have to get a better feel for the court being smaller because that attack line is a lot closer than you know, than anything. Like, you're yeah. right there, so. Yeah, um, so that first time you see it and you're like, oh, wait, why, why are they so close? You're like, why are they so close? <laughs> <laughs> so they were like, we, we had to get, it was definitely an eye-opening experience for us because we were like, wow. Like, and then like you said, like a lot of teams kind of- They were high. talking <laughs> like we talked <laughs> And they were, they were beating us, and they were like, like I felt like we were playing us. Like <laughs> I think I teased the crap out of you guys. No, nah, it was bad. It was yeah, bad. I was like, yo, like and you know, it's crazy. It was a lot of East Coast teams there too, so it was, it was like, we 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 owe you. Like that's how we looked at it. It was like we owed all these like every single one of them we owed, and we got them. But we definitely uh, back hilarious. home. Practice staying in bounds. Practice, uh, you know, hand-eye coordination to the ball coming like faster instead mm -hmm. of small spacing, and also being able to move with six people on that court. Right? That's not easy coming from trampoline where mm -hmm. you can do a flip off the trampoline or fall on the trampoline mm -hmm. and get somebody's way. You can't do that on court. You know, it's kind of yeah. I mean, even in UDC, I feel like you can go forward and mm -hmm. still be further back than than you are in, in elite. So it's like, you just do, do have so much more room. And also just the one less, one less player makes a huge difference. Do you guys feel like you started to slow your game down a little bit to match sort of the pace, or you still feel like your guys are at your best at a super fast pace? You know, it's gonna sound weird, but I feel like we control our fast pace. Yeah, no, I've like heard that a lot. I've heard that it's a controlled pace. I've heard that from a lot of people. I think, you know, Vince said the same thing about that. Oh, yeah. We were just saying, basically, it's like controlled chaos. Like, we, me and Quan, like, especially speaking on us two, we're like, we love that fast pace. Like, you got to match my energy. You got to match my tempo. And we mm -hmm. play at this tempo. So, a lot of people are very methodical. They're, they're very slow. And we started slowing down our game at times, but we kept losing when we would slow down our games. So we were like, yo, like, do what we do best. And we know how to be athletic. We know how to play fast. We know how to 
Like, it's just about having faith in the other person when you're playing fast and you play. Like, people used to be like, oh, kill the comp plays so sloppy. They play so – yeah, but we would throw four balls sometimes, but then you would miss – you would have four balls and you would miss one person. Like, they would throw four back or they would throw three back or they would double throw and you'd catch. Like, it was just about control chaos. And mm-hmm. we, we knew what we were doing. We weren't playing – there was times where we did some sloppy stuff, but we'd be able to get away with it. Like, it was just – we were able to play fast and we were able to play controlled at the same time. It was just, it wasn't what people were used to in, in the floor world. So that's kind of where we thrived off of. And every time we played our best, we were playing fast paced dodgeball. That's also how we practice too. I always say it's like big on how practice, how you play. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you play slow, practice slow, but if you play fast, that's how you got to practice. And that's how we practice every Sunday or every Thursday. We practice fast. So when we get into the to the real thing, it's not like something we don't know. It's not all familiar. So. so you guys still to this – I mean, obviously not right now, but you guys still go to Tramp Thursday and Sundays? Or is it Tramp one day and Floor another day? Tramp Sundays, it was Floor Thursdays? No, Floor on Mondays. Um, yeah. No, no, no. Wait. It was, oh, yeah, no, it was, floor, it was floor on Mondays and tramp on on Thursdays. We were oh. doing Thursdays, but then when we stopped doing floor, we started doing tramp on Sundays. But we're not. We weren't practicing floor for the last four months. But yeah, that's because we would go to a floor practice and it'd be me throwing a ball at Quan all day, <laughs> and we don't have like so it just it got to the point where it was just like all right, we'll play in these tournaments and stuff, but we stay active by playing tramp. Well, we and, were about to start the New York City practice, and, and we were going to do those. We were going to do those. Otherwise, happened the, the week the week that we were about to start practice, so yeah. <laughs> kind of ended that. Um, how are you guys staying active during coronavirus? Besides making videos, you were throwing at a camera. <laughs> Did you like that one at least? It was good. It was good. It was definitely the best of everybody's. Thank you. Honestly, staying active, I really haven't been. You've been yeah. buying Funko Pops. I've been buying the <laughs> Funko Pops. What's a Funko Pop? They're like the little like action. The little figures. They're like this big. Oh, the little big head things. Yeah, yeah. I buy those things. But I've been, I've been doing a lot of online shopping. A lot of stupid. <laughs> That sounds super active. I bought a dog. I bought a puppy with my girlfriend. That sounds good. Um, playing a lot of Apex, you know. Yeah. And oh, buying what? stuff because we're starting up the podcast soon. So yeah, we'll talk about that. So and Quan, what about you? Uh, honestly, I've been really active. I do. I've been running miles after miles. Uh, I've been working out at home. Uh, making protein drinks, trying, you know, just trying new things. Uh, mm-hmm. Doing a lot of, like, cardio, uh, weightlifting with the weights that I have at home, a lot of push-ups, keeping my body in shape. I honestly think my body's in better shape than it was before. <laughs> <in my life. laughs> so, excited about that. That's, That's great. Yeah. And then let's just talk about one last thing, which is your guys' move to your new team for next season. So, what, what was the reason or the uh, the impetus to move? Was it that you guys just enjoyed playing with different teams at nationals and it just fit, or did it was it that Bert wasn't going to be able to play this year, or that Taylor wasn't going to play and you guys felt like you just need to move on? Uh, it was a little bit of both, honestly. We went to nationals and that 
was a fantastic experience. Like mm -hmm. we both enjoyed ourselves a lot. And it was um, just me and him who went. And yeah. it, was, it was really fun. And, and to play on the teams that we played on, where we didn't have to feel like, all right, if one of us get out, the game is changing. You know, like we 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 played with people that could literally if I'm out, you can still hold the game down. Yeah. You know? We don't have to worry. So that was definitely fun. Mm -hmm. We never, never played like that ever. Like we just played, we pretty much played like free kids. Playing like, with Drew <laughs> was an experience in itself. Like I felt for, first off, playing with Drew, Drew was one of the first people I looked up to in Dodgeball. And and not to sound like this, I didn't look up to too many people, but like there were a select few people that I was like, I, I looked up to people that had that like Mamba mentality. Like when I see him on the court, <laughs> um, they got that Mamba mentality. Like they're able to to just do things that are spectacular. They got they got that fight inside of them. So I looked up to Drew. So then when Drew pulled us in on the co-ed team and playing with him, man, that that was an experience in itself. And then having like bets like Chris Zielinski and Cat on that team too, that were just letting us do what we do. Frankie. Yeah, and then and then for like the and then Frankie's like Frankie was coming up to us teaching us a bunch of things. Like mm -hmm. Frankie's always talked to me even before like we were playing around one through three. He was always talking to me. So Frankie always helped me out with my game personally. And I've heard stories about Frankie helping out everybody. People, yeah. Yeah. So it was definitely great playing in nationals with these different teams. The reason why it was, I knew. At the end of round three, I was like, listen, I said I said it to the whole team, and I said it as respectful as possible. I was like, listen, if KPC isn't going to make the commitment to go to Nationals because of whatever is going on, I understand. But let me know now so that I can get on the team. And I don't got to jump on a, a bad team at the end. And so, Or just not go. Or just period. not go, period. And then mm -hmm. miss out on the experience. So they were like, oh, we don't know. So I was like, all right, if it's I don't know, we're me and Quan are just gonna go put ourselves out there. Put up and Quan was like, "Yeah, like I'm down. I still want to do nationals." So I put my name out there, and then I actually reached out to Ryan and Drew, and I reached out to Ryan first. Ryan got back to me right away. He said that he wants he wanted me to play with him for open, but he only had that one spot. Mm -hmm. But then, like a day later, Drew reached out to me and was like, "Hey, you and Quan are both available." Um, he was like, we can only take one. And I was like, all right, well, that's perfect because I already kind of committed to Impact. Quan could commit to Team Awesome for it. So that's why Quan played open with Team Awesome. I played open with Impact. But for co-ed, they needed two people. So they picked up me and Quan for co-ed. And for no sting, they needed two people. So we both got picked up for no sting. So that's kind of how that whole like process went with us going to nationals. So even for me and Quan to go our first year into Elite and then get picked up by the one and two team in the East last year, it was it says something in itself. So we were we were determined to go out there and and put on a show because virtually to the floor world we were unknown. And I remember that. Like I was like, nah and I remember going into that tournament, I was like, Quam, we gotta um we gotta start like seeing if a team wants to like mesh and like and join up a team for next season. Like, we got to think about next season. We got to think about next season. He was like, yo, bro, relax. I was like, relax, bro. Let's, let's enjoy the experience of just being here. Mm -hmm. I was like, you're, you're, you're focused too much on the next season. Yeah, I am too, but we're here right now. Yeah. Let's play, do what we have to do, and then we figure, about, figure out everything else happening. And I also remember speaking to Tasha. I remember because I was 
I was very vocal about the team, uh, the USA team. I was very like, not like I wanna, I wanna make the team, uh, the USA team. Like, I don't feel like, uh, like I feel like I should be on that combine list. I feel like I should be able to play. I can play with the best of the best. And um, Tasha was like, well, you gotta put yourself out there. You gotta talk to people. And I was like, but I don't like just kissing ass to talk to people that I feel like don't know me like hey like my name's Dylan I play dodgeball hey check me out I want to put on a show and then have people be like that's these are these kids from New York and Quan was like yo I'm just gonna play my game and if people realize people realize and I was like I like the idea I was like let's do it so we we went out to nationals and we made a splash so that's kind of what impacted our 2020 like um roster selections so when that happened, I remember in um, Austin. Yeah, Austin. We were, right? So we were in Austin, and Drew, at the award ceremony thing, Drew pulled me to the side. Quan didn't actually go to the award ceremony. It was uh, too good was, for us. Yeah. I was exhausted. <laughs> those, day, those days are so long. And that first, that first day in the heat was ridiculous. Crazy. Yeah. The floor was sweating. Like, it was I know. It was horrible. And Drew pulled me to the side and was like, He's like, hey, so um, I'm not sure what's going on with KTC, but we've got a couple players like that that aren't going to play next year. Do you want to join up? Like, we definitely need you and Quan, and then p- potentially one other. So we were like, um, we don't know if we have a team, so that sounds good, but we're not going to commit to anything. Yeah. We got back to New York. We were talking. We we pulled the boys in. We were talking to. Um, to Bert and Tay, because those were the two that were thinking about playing dodgeball, but Taylor hurt his arm. So they weren't really sure about what was going on. Bert was kind of like sure that he wanted to play, but didn't know what his move was going to be. So we wound up committing to Team Awesome at first. Our intention for the 2020 season was to play with Drew. Mm-hmm. Like Drew was going to make a team, uh, was going to have the Team Awesome team with, it was going to be him. Um, Frankie, Sam, Frankie, you. Yeah, Sam or uh, Zelensky maybe potentially. Yeah, and that was going to be our 2020 team. Mm-hmm. And then it started to fall. It just steadily unraveled. Chris said yeah, he was done. Be on sh- Drew got injured. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. It just steadily unraveled. Because I, I mean, I was talking to Frankie and talking to different people about it as it was going on, and just like, you know, it's like I knew you guys had joined, and then I was like, then Chris was like, I'm not going to come back, and I was like, Ooh, what's going to happen now? Like. I think I sent you guys a note. I was like, if you guys need a team, join, you know, come on, go. Yeah. I was like, keep it New York. But I remember that. Yeah, you sent me that message. Um, but yeah, you know, like that, that's sort of the way the dodgeball is going right now where the, the best players are sort of are coming together and joining and making better teams. And I'm really, I mean, you guys know I, I picked you guys to win the East. I think you guys are the most talented team in the East. You know, it's just going to be about you guys coming together and figuring out how you guys best mesh. You know, you have a lot of really talented players who are used to always having the ball, you know, who moves off the ball, who moves, you know, on ball, you know, where do people play? What What's the best positioning? I mean, luckily you guys have a guy like Frankie who is super smart strategically. I would say one of the best people on the East Coast to be strategic. And I'm sure he's talking to you guys about it constantly. I mean, he oh. talks to me about it, so I know he's talking to you guys about it. So. Yeah, Frank- Frankie is just, when it comes to Frankie, Frankie is very, like, analytical of the game of dodgeball, mm-hmm. and I like that about him. And I think picking Frankie up, he was very 
very humble about coming to the team. He's like, hey, listen, man, like, I know my role. I know what's speaking. Like, I'm older than all you guys. But, like, and I thought picking up Frankie was such a good move in our book because he's helped me grow my game tenfold. So just that alone. And then when we're playing, like, Frankie's always in my ear when I'm playing. And he'll, he'll tell me things that I've learned now that's, like, that I'm like, why didn't I think of that earlier? Like, I should have been thinking about this so many games ago, and this would have helped me, or so many tournaments ago, this would have helped me. I think it's one of the things that impact, which is now Shred. You know, last year it was a clear, you know, Kyle, Jeff, and Matt always had a ball. And then there was three players that were always sort of in the back. And, you know, they could play, they're good players, but it was like a clear three people. And now you bring you two in with those three, and it's like, who's, you know, Frankie's the perfect person to bring into that group because it's like, doesn't want a ball. He's going to be in the back line. He's going to catch people in. It's just a much, it's a really good fit for you guys in terms of someone who just doesn't need a ball, doesn't need, you know, need the attention and is happy to be like sort of a just glue guy. You know, you can't, have, you can't have 10 superstars, you know, there's only six balls out there. So it's just like, you need the right pieces to fit together for it to be the right team. And I think that was a smart move on your guys' part. Um, so it's gonna be interesting. It'll be very interesting to see how everything sort of plays out. Um, do you guys want to talk about your guys' podcast before we get into uh, the crowdsource question? Um, well, I'll just talk about it briefly. We're just—I've been making a bunch of purchases to start up a podcast. It's actually going to be me, Quan, and Bert. It's not dodgeball related, mm -hmm. but again, we're dodgeball players, so of course, it's going to have a little bit of hint dodgeball of dodgeball flavor here and there. Like, yeah, it's going to be us. So mm -hmm. it's. It's coming real soon. Um, I haven't released a name yet, or I haven't released anything besides that, which I'm not going to yet. But it's coming along real well. I got a couple people that are gonna like help with uh, producing the show with ev with everything post production, pre production. Um, I made some purchases like around the room. That's where we're sitting right now. I bought a table, and if you follow me on social medias, I post it here and there. Um, you mean besides the pink pictures? besides my yeah besides my photos um yeah th those are just done through me and my boy he like he does photography and so do i so that's kind of just how that goes about but yeah no i think it's really cool i mean I i've really enjoyed you know i just i love dodgeball so anytime i can sit and talk to people about dodgeball whether it's recorded or not i'll, I'll happily you know happily do it and that's why i was excited to talk to you guys you know i talk to you guys at tournaments but i don't get to talk to you on zoom calls so it's it's really fun to be able to talk to you guys outside of a dodgeball court. Yeah, no, it's def it was definitely fun. Like, at least we, I, I talk about dodgeball to Kwan all the time. Like, it's some, to the point sometimes where he's like, shut up. Like, yeah. Like, well, well, then call me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's move into the, the crowdsource questions. Um, so the first question comes from Frankie, and it's some sort of stupid sign language. I don't understand what that means. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's uh, so the, that's the new team shred symbol. It is, that's what it is. Um, so let's move on to Dom's question. I feel like, you know, we've talked about your guys' first season in Elite, but his first question was, how did you guys enjoy your first season in Elite? The first round, not so much. <laughs> the next two, great. Uh, we, we, we had a good run, though, versus Anarchy in playoff round, like that first round. We brought Anarchy to seven in our first elite experience in playoffs that mm -hmm. match was fun that day was shitty we were getting our <laughs> whoop. I, got, I got endless of film of us yelling at each other and it's hilarious but 
to sum up the first year of Elite, I, I liked it. I had a lot of fun. I didn't, not that I didn't think I was going to have as much fun, but I didn't think I was going to be good at it as much as I, because it's like, I, we went from trampoline to floor. I didn't think I was going to be that decent mm-hmm. on the floor. But yeah, because usually people who throw the ball like 75, 80 miles an hour suck at dodgeball. but i I mean overall i like the season i enjoyed it i was excited for season two um so you know i think we all are there goes that uh so dama then asked did you guys feel welcomed into the dodgeball community and if not how can dodgeballs improve to be more inviting let me think can i answer this question yeah yeah me personally I felt welcome. Well, I didn't really talk to people. I still don't really talk to people. Yeah, you're a pretty quiet guy. You're pretty reserved in general. Exactly. I mean, I didn't get the non-welcome or people disliked me vibe. You know, I kind of got the same vibe that I always got. Like, he's mm-hmm. quiet. So, he said to play dodgeball, and that's pretty much it. Everybody else, on the other hand, you know, Dylan can answer that. All right, here I go. <laughs> As far as making people feel welcome, I think the Ajibo community does a great job at it. As far as making me feel welcome, I don't think that they did the best <laughs> job with that. I felt like people had this like attitude with me before they met me. Like they had this notion of me that wasn't who I was. And I felt like I, I really felt it when I first came to the floor, like the floor world, like that people just had this idea that I was just soul or something. And I heard it from so many people. They'd be like, yo, like, I really thought you were a d- but you're not. I'd be like, I'm not. And they would say, it was, it went that way. I don't know. Kind of a d- What'd you say? I don't know about that. I, I can't be a little bit of a d- but, um, but it, it's all good. It's just because I'm very vocal on the court. I'm very vocal, but it's all in the nature of, good, of, of the sport. Like, I'm not like, I, I really don't point fingers at people. I don't talk about people sucking. I don't, I'm never like that person. I'm just, I'm a competitor. So when I'm on the court, I don't care who you are. I want to play the game and I want to win. That's all I want to do. And then after the after the game, we can shake hands. We can talk about it. And it's, it's, there's no animosity there. But that's I felt like people were people, and I still feel that people sometimes still have this notion of me that I'm not who I really am, and I don't like that. So I think that a a big part of the dodgeball community is welcoming, but I do think that there are their select few that don't really want like these newcomers and these so that's how i felt personally as uh, as season progressed i definitely made more friends in the community and i realized how fun dodgeball can be and how welcoming some people can be but i definitely got like i got shunned in a, in a way from some people and so did bert and people don't people because we're vocal i think also you guys had the uh the unfortunate uh reputation that came from udc that i don't think is just at least from my experience of you guys is that you before you even showed up everyone said you were cheaters and it, you know i you know i don't know what happened to udc because i wasn't there but my experience with you guys you guys have always been honest you know even to the point where you guys stepped on lines took took your outs um so i've never had really an experience where i feel like anything that i would say like oh yeah the, like that's a che- those kids are cheaters so you i think you had that under that under unfortunate reputation coming in and I think people sort of just took it and ran with it without actually knowing you guys. Yeah, I could say that. I yeah. agree with that. 
as far as making people feel more welcome. I think you guys do a pretty good job at it as of right now. But I think maybe if we didn't, if if we didn't have that reputation of UDC and there weren't so many teams that played both UDC and Elite, I feel like they would have made us feel more than welcome. And I feel like a great majority of people did make us feel welcome, invited us out to tournaments, talked to us about gameplay. But again, I felt like we were also owed some whoopings at first. So, because we used to beat up teams on the champ, and then we came to floor, and it was a completely different world. So, so that was your first season. What was your guys' favorite part of the first season? Nationals. Nationals. <laughs> nationals is an experience. You get out there, and you're like, oh my god! Like, I remember my first nationals, and you're just being like, so you. It's like you're used to like your whatever you know, thirty, forty people you're used to playing in your local leagues. Mm-hmm. Then you go to like this elite. East Coast League, and you're like, wow, there's like people from all over the place. And then you're suddenly like, you go to Nationals, you're like, holy crap, there's people from everywhere. And they eat, sleep, and breathe dodgeball. Like yep. that whole weekend, you don't talk anything about anything. It's like, oh, you have family. What dodgeball do you play? Like, what's your favorite dodgeball? Where's your favorite dodgeball game? It's just cool seeing a whole group of people from around the country just mm-hmm. love the same shit. And I feel like it's like Nationals is like the best of the best. Like, if you there, you're pretty much the best. Like that's why you came out here. Yes, you just see, you see, like it's just like you hear about these dodgeball players from the south, and then you hear about them from the west, especially, and then you hear about some from the north, and then you look over and you're seeing teams from the east play teams from the west, and then people from the west talking to people from the south, and then vice versa, and it's just it's a cool experience. Like the cream of the crop is at that tournament. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's anybody is there, so it's like. All right, now, if you, if you needed a stage to perform on, you got it, like, right now. This is the stage to perform on. So th- that's what I loved about Nationals. And I also loved about Nationals that me and, like, me and Quan were, we went out there, we were like, yo, we got to put on a show. Like, we, we talked about it on the flight. We talked about it the whole way, like, coming, like, when we got there. It was just like we knew we we knew what we needed to do, and we got to when we were playing at nationals. And you guys definitely balled out. I think you definitely made names for yourselves. You know, I think you had names for yourselves from UDC, but you definitely upped your name in uh, at nationals. I feel like the next couple questions from Dom sort of we've covered your transition to floor. I feel like you guys talked about how difficult it was at first. It was um, so- yeah. Well, I, I well, I picked it up pretty pretty quick, but I wanted to be as as confident as I was on the trampoline, I wanted to be on the floor. I felt like Quan kind of transitioned very quick. I felt like it was a little rough for me. Well, I feel like also Quan's game, you're not as much of a high – I mean, maybe maybe you were on tramp, tramps, but I don't see you as much of a high flyer, diving on the floor kind of guy. As, I don't know. Were you like that in UDC? Me? No, Quan. Oh. Uh, not really, no. Yeah, so like your game translates, I think, a little bit better quick or quicker to floor. Yeah. Whereas Dylan, you're like all over the place. I mean, it doesn't make a difference. You're still all over the place. You're just you're just gonna break yourself at some point. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping that don't happen, man. You need I to start know. putting. You need to start getting like those full Nike body pads. <laughs> bubble wrap. Yeah, you bubble wrap. You know, the way my like bruises be on my legs the day after tournaments, crazy. Yeah. Like, oh, it's nuts. So this is a question I don't feel like we've covered. Do you guys end up watching footage of other teams? Of other teams, uh, not so much. I, I more or less watch film of 
the team that I'm playing on, the first mm-hmm. time, just like Dylan, we, we spoke about it. We watch the game, like the match itself, and then we watch it again and watch like ourselves. So mm-hmm. like I watch the match of the whole whatever happened, and then I go back and I watch the mistakes or the things that I did wrong that I could fix in myself. So mm-hmm. um, that's how I watch film. Yeah, I watch. I watch. I watch shitload of film, but I watch film for di- like different reasons. Like I don't really look at film, and I'm not like like if I'm watching Goat, I'm not gonna look at Goat's film and be like, "All right, let me figure out a way to beat them." I'm gonna look more or less look for things that I can improve my game with. If I if I like the way you're catching the ball, or your way you're baiting a catch, or you, or you're pump faking, so. That's you try to pick what, up individual aspects from people, I, I less strategy. Yeah, individual aspects from it. Mm-hmm. And I also just like seeing people ball out sometimes. So I like I look for that in people. Like if they're really out there like and they're a dog on the court. Like I love seeing that. So that's what also why I look for film. I watch a lot of I watch a lot of film. And I try to pick up things. Like if I see the way I like the way a person moves to the right or drops the ball and slides to the left, then I try to pick up, and I don't just try to pick up the big names. Like, yeah, you look at the big names, the people that make the big plays, and you're like, yeah, they they make big plays, so there's a reason to watch. But you also can pick up anything from anybody, and Mm -hmm. you can't sleep on that. So I watch. I'm very analytical on what I watch on the on film, but I'm not so big on. Let me watch film for. All right, we're gonna face anarchy next round. How am I? I gotta hit him first, and then put him in the queue, and then move on to this person because I feel like chemistry and athleticism on my team personally speak for itself. So our chemistry does need to build, but our athleticism should be there. So you should know your job. And I feel like you should know what to do. So yeah, talk on the court, do what you got to do on the court. But when, when it's game time, that's when you go about how, how you're going to execute and how you're going to take out the next team standing in front of you. And that's just how I believe it should be. So I feel like you should build your game from footage and then you guys should kind of like mesh together in chemistry and put it all on the floor. I mean, I've always been a huge proponent of film. So, you know, I do it in multiple ways, you know, like what I you're just trying started to film too. So I do it the same way you talk, you know, the same way both of you guys talk about it. You know, after a game, I break down every match that we have where we do things well, where we do things poorly, where we need to improve. Uh, also, you know, is this person in the right position? Do we need to move people to a different position? That kind of stuff is where I first start breaking down. Then I'll try to watch every match for everyone else's team to try to pick up anything I can try to pick up. You know, a play they're doing, you know, try to pick up on their calls, trying to pick up on anything. So that anything that basically can give me an advantage going into the next yeah. time I play them. It's so, smart. Um, so 2020 is sort of screwed right now, but What's your guys' goals for 2020 um, if we get back to playing? Or what's your just goals going forward, I guess? Let's just do that. Uh, well, dodgeball-related, it's definitely to win a chip. I mean, I feel like that's anybody's goal in, in any sport you play. I feel like you want to be the team that wins that, mm-hmm. rank, that championship. So that's definitely one of our main goals. Another goal, too, though, is to to have that um, that bond. Like I, I would I would love to have a stronger bond with my teammates. You know, just to, so when we are on the court, it isn't 
it's not like we're missing a heartbeat. You know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. whether Frankie's not there one tournament, it's like all right, we're fine. Yeah, we still, we still got people we, we came here with. So I feel like that too. So just do you have any? Do you have any personal goals? Like, are you gonna do the one? Are you trying out for Team USA? Anything like that? Uh, yes, I actually wanted to try out for Team USA. I, I filled out the application. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to make Team USA. You know, that's definitely a goal. Uh, outside of dodgeball, I was my goal for 2020 is to actually open up my own sneaker business. So okay. definitely posted on that too. Did you see ESPN's list of the top 64 shoes today? Yes, I did actually. I did you, you agree? Uh, I agree to disagree with some, but you know. Jordan 11 isn't your favorite shoe of all time? It's not. No? No. What's your favorite shoe of all time? I guess these were ba- these were all basketball shoes, so that limits the list a little bit. So, um, my favorite shoe of all time that's that's really difficult because even Dylan could tell you actually I love sneakers, so I have like from Asics to uh, Sockies to Nikes to like I love sneakers. So I did the li- uh, I looked at the list. I had of the sixty four shoes at some point in my life. I had sixty two of them. So. That's crazy, right? Yeah. Like you never really realize until you look. Like wow. No, it was kind of embarrassing. <laughs> what's your favorite? What's your favorite Jordan? Uh, mine's are the Bugs Bunny. Like I loved the the Space Jam Jordans, whatever the six is. Yeah. I love those ones. What I number? Mean, what the number six. is your favorite? The six. Yeah. Six. Yeah. Appreciate, appreciate. What's your favorite Jordan? That's hard, man. I don't know. I'm I'm like stuck between like ones. I mean, I love ones are super versatile. Love twelve. Ones are super classic. Threes are also classics. I mean, the problem is all of them are classic. Like at this point, they are. So yeah. Well, for my goals. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, what was the question? Oh, goals for twenty. Your goals for twenty twenty. Yeah. Well, personally, dodgeball related, I. I'm not going to say I was offended at all last year when I didn't make the combine list because nobody knew who I was on the floor and I've never picked up a foam dodgeball, but I just felt like, like, I just feel like I always have that effect where I want to be on, I want to be competing with the best of the best. So I don't care where I am. So I wanted to be there, Mm. but I knew that, listen, nobody's seen me throw a foam dodgeball. I haven't even seen me throw a foam dodgeball. It's, you can't just be like, all right, this kid is good at trampoline and he's starting to get good at floor, so he deserves to be there. But I definitely – I wrote a status out and everything. I was like, mark my words, 2020 combine, I'm going to be there. I want That was a goal. I want to make the USA team as well. Um, that's why I want to get more affiliated with a, uh, with a foam dodgeball. And I definitely want that chip. Um, I definitely want that chip. That's definitely, like, at the top of the list. I want that chip. I want to be able to – Say we won a national championship. So what's, almost, what's more important to you? Winning 8.5 championship, no sting, or co-ed? Because co-ed <laughs> is KTC still, right? You guys are still playing. Yeah, co-ed is KTC, so that might mean a lot. But I also feel like everybody's seen the move that we made with the shred team. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the eyes are on us right now. And I like – I like performing in high pressure situations. Like yeah, you I like love, the spotlight. I love that. I love that. It just, I don't know. It just makes my heart like 
just jump through my chest when I'm when I'm on the court, one v five. Like I love the spotlight. I love being in the moment where people are watching. People like you know what's going on. Like so that's I, I think the shred like whatever open team like shred is playing, and I think that would mean a lot. But I think the KTC chip would just mean just as much because it's organic. It's gonna be me, Bert, Quan, um, even pick up Sean. Maybe Taylor, if he can come back. Oh yeah, yeah. If Tay comes back in time, for sure he'd be on that co-ed team. We 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 actually kept the spot reserved so Tay can play if he does come back. He's like one of the. I feel like there's a bunch of people who are like benefiting from coronavirus. It's like the Giovinkos, <laughs> the Taylor, anyone who's injured. It's like great. My season's not even hasn't started. Yeah, they're not missing nothing. No. Um, do you guys know who Emilio is? Have you guys met him yet? Oh, yeah, Emilio, the dude who does the comics. This is yeah. comics, yeah. My guy. So, so Emilio wants to know, what's the best part of when you played at UDC? The professional aspect of it. Like, I miss feeling like it was March Madness. Like, mm-hmm. the camera's on you. That's, like, that's the like the, you walk in, here's your name tag, Dylan Cruz. Here's your name tag, Jaquan Moore. All right, guys, move to the next thing. Sign your contracts, IDs. Cool. All right, guys, we're – Jersey size. Jersey sizes. <laughs> um, bank account number. And you're like, all right, cool, cool, cool. It felt professional. It, it, yeah, it was professional. It was very, very the the cameras, the um just all of that. It was just it was crazy. Yeah, like, that I think that's a really good answer. That was great. UDC was great. UDC was great. That was my baby. <laughs> <laughs> I am well, Hopefully someday you you know. USA Elite can get to that point where that's the way it feels. You gonna hop on the trampoline? You know, I've never actually played in a trampoline. Well, that's not true. I've gone and played uh, at UDC, like at uh, Sky Zones, like with my son, and like picked on little kids, basically. <laughs> but uh, I've never played like actually competitive uh, on a trampoline. So, all right. Since we're playing floor though, now I, I, I was gonna go to the I was gonna go to the Deer Park tournament. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Listen, I, I like dodgeball. I I would go to all dodgeball tournaments. All right, I, I respect that. I respect. That. I, I went to the foam did. tournament. You did. You definitely did. You told me how much you hated foam. Yeah. There, if there's dodgeball, I will try to go. As long as it fits my schedule, I will try to go. That's respectful. That's respectable. Respectable. There's my feeling is, some dodgeball is better than no dodgeball. So if it's, you know, if it's foam, it's still better than not playing any dodgeball. Um. <laughs> So let's move on to Vince's question. He says, what does it take to make a successful team? So now you guys have played KTC. You got to play. It's actually, you got had three different experiences last year. Your team, um, you played, you both played on different teams in 8.5. You played on the same team for co-ed, right? Mm-hmm. So you had three different experiences in terms of dodgeball teams. What do you guys feel like sort of makes, does it take to make a successful team? I'm gonna let you answer this because I gotta pee real quick. Go ahead. Uh, well, I would say my number one thing would be chemistry. I feel like chemistry is really important. I feel like if you don't know the person playing next to you too well, how how you guys gonna play together? You know, like, you gotta feel as if that's your brother. Like I got his back, he got my back. Type feel. Um, I would definitely say chemistry. I would definitely say. Uh, a leader, you need one leader. You don't want to be on a team where everybody feels like they're a leader because at that point, 
when it's time to call out a play, you got people yelling at you every which way. You got to have that one vocal person that's definitely a leader. Um, so I think those those two would definitely make a successful team, in my opinion. If you go back and uh, if you go back and watch Doom footage, that's the thing that stands out to you the most. It's amazing. You watch them, and they play, and they don't have to say anything, and everyone in the court knows what's going on. It's like, and that just goes back to exactly what you're talking about, that chemistry. They've played so many matches together. It was just like, you know, Vince could give a look to, to Nate, and Nate knew that Vince was throwing. Or give a different look, and he knew, and Vince knew, I'm going cross-court, and Nate's going other, and Nate's going to go cross-court, and we're going to get two different corners. And like, you know, I think that's the thing that if you can get to – makes you so much better it's like you know i when i talked to frankie about your guys team i was like you can't the one thing I, you guys can't do is you can't split you two up like you guys need to stand next to each other because you both know each other so well that like you know whether it's still on the corner or quan on the corner it's like i feel like you guys have to stay stay next to each other just because it's going to give you guys that familiarity factor that you guys are used to now yeah the oh i was going to say the crazy part is though too me and Quan's chemistry, because it goes beyond dodgeball. Like, me and Quan's chemistry is way beyond dodgeball. But when we played on Team Awesome, we both took corners. And we didn't stand next to each other. And Drew actually had the same mindset. He was like, let's put Dylan and Quan standing next to each other. And it's because we played so much together. And we went three years without running a play, playing dodgeball, that we know each other so well. Mm -hmm. We know each other's tendencies. So – when it comes to running corners together, we can do that on opposite sides because we know each other. But with Shred, we're, we're we're learning to stand next to each other because Quan is hands down better with a ball in his hands than I am. But I'm better without a ball in in my hand. So we're learning to, like, we took what we would have done on KTC and we would have split us up and try to even the court. We're putting us on one side together because our chemistry is good. And that is smart that we did that we are going to be next to yeah. each other because we know each other so well. And it is a new team. And there's different roles on this team now. Like, you have so much talent with Matt Levine and Kyle and Jeff and, like, and then having people like uh, Sean and Frankie being able to catch and just play their roles. Like, then you bring me and Quan, and it's going to be – it's going to be different, but everybody's got to, like, lower their ego a little bit and form this chemistry with the team. And that goes into what makes a successful team. Like, the chemistry is so big. Like, I think chemistry is one of the biggest things. I, I don't know exactly what you guys were talking about, but I'm sure what you were talking about was when how Doom was so um, just dominant because of their chemistry. But you mm -hmm. also have that talent aspect. But you also got to have that Mamba mentality. And I always speak about that because it's really true. Like, you got to be able to just know that that's scary – dodgeball play is just isn't it like you can't play that way because if you play that way you, the team that you're playing against has the upper hand immediately mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there's teams that will give you that scare factor like you get on a court and you look across and you see anarchy you're like some people are going to be like 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 how are we going to do this mm -hmm. but if you go up if you go against and you you see them and you're not you're not scared whatsoever you're gonna play your game to its fullest. You're gonna play with that with that heart. You gotta play with heart. So I think heart chemistry and hard work would be what I would answer with, with what makes a successful team successful or 
Yeah. What does it take to make a successful team? Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with all those things. I think the chemistry is huge. Talent is obviously huge, but the most talented team, if they don't have, if they don't have chemistry, don't win. So, you know, there's been many teams in dodgeball that have been super talented just didn't win. So, um, let's do Vince's other question. Uh, rank your top five jerseys. You can do it in order. You can do it without order, whatever you want. I'm going to go uh, KTC year one, KTC year two. <laughs> no, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, um, let's, let's see. I, I saw this question and I was thinking about it earlier. The other ones I didn't answer, like in my head, yeah. but I was kind of trying to give myself a pre, mm-hmm. pre little answer for this one. I'm definitely going to throw Vince's new high jersey in there. I like that one a lot. Like, yep. I think I like it. I like it. I, I like the concept behind it, the hive. You see the little hives in the corner, like the beehive thing. Mm-hmm. It's got the white and black sleeve. I think it's a good jersey. Um, I would throw hello in there. Hello jersey is nice. I like hello jersey. Like um, East Coast jersey. Um, yeah, we're throwing that East Coast jersey in the top five. You have to. <laughs> that jersey was, and also, so a lot of people know that I do a lot, like I do jerseys and I do different things with the jersey, but a lot of people don't know that Quan is always in the process with me. Like if I'm if I'm bouncing an idea off of somebody, it's off of Quan. Quan bounces ideas off of me. Like we come up with majority of the design together. So it's like, it's just that Quan doesn't put himself in the position where he's like, all right, let's do this. I'm more doing the emails, talking to people. But when it comes to, like, actually creating a jersey, like our KTC jersey, me and him came up with, like, I can't even say it was 49-51. It was, like, 50-50. Like, we were just looking at stuff. And our KTC new co-ed jerseys were 100% inspired by um, Travis Scott, like, that, that Travis got. That's, like, just, that's the only hint we're gonna get. That's the only hint we're gonna give away. Like <laughs> it, it was just that was our, and that's our baby. That jersey is our baby. Like we love that. It's a little different than what we're used to. It's not like a Beast Coast like crazy feel. But that mm-hmm. Beast Coast crazy feel just came to me one day, and I was just like, Yo, Quan, we should do like a East Coast jersey. And he was like, What you thinking? And we turned around and did that. Uh, but as far as other ones, um, what's the team name? I forget. I think they're they have like the the paint dripping. You know which one I'm talking about? Finesse. Finesse. There you go. Yeah, that's yeah, it's a great jersey. I like that jersey. I like the finesse jersey. They come. Well, isn't that like white and black? They got. Yeah, they white. have two different colors. They have like a white yeah, color and a black color. I don't know. I don't know them personally, but hey, get me a jersey. Shout out to them. <laughs> Shout out to, Shout them. to the creator. <laughs> yeah. Um, I throw that one in there. What we have four. Where? You said Hive. You said um, Beast hello. Coast. Hello. The drip and one. And last one. Um, honestly, my, my opinion, I would honestly put Goats jerseys up there. I like when I first came into Elite and I seen, I was like, yo, that, that jersey's fly. I love the logo. I told you that. Yeah, I love the logo. Yeah. The, the goat, like, look, and I like the name too. Goat, like, like goat sad is greatest of all time. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I like, I like the, I like the whole feel of the jersey too. I would, I'll definitely, I, I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah. I like that. Um, that makes me happy. Yeah, but um, it's the same thing. You know, you put so much work into those jerseys. It's like it's nice to hear people say, you know, like, I remember there was one point where Nate walked by and was like, "That's a, that's a fire jersey." You know, you get those little moments where people are like, 
oh, I love your jersey and it feels really nice. Because you, like you guys know, you put in tons of time into those things. And, uh, you know, nothing's worse than like you put all this time and someone's like, oh, that's not good. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I, I really liked it. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, we, we really, but also like, I, I, like I go to school for fashion. I've always been into dressing. I've always been into like, photo- I haven't always been into ph- photography, but I recently did get into that. Quan's always been into sneakers. Quan's always dressed nice. Like, we've always kind of had this, like, feel of, like, being in tune with what's being in New York, like, being trendy. So it was just natural for us to just want to make a dope jersey. Mm-hmm. And, and look good, play good. Look, we, we, actually, we say that. I say it all the time. We, we, we have that um, in the UDC trailer. Bert says that. He's like, man, we look good, we play good. Just like that inside the UDC I think it's, de- it's definitely a true statement. Definitely. A yeah. lot of people don't understand it, but I feel like I have to have, like, some crazy shoes to go with. Mm-hmm. I just feel like if I look good, I'll play better. Yeah, and I also, like, I always feel like you just got to have something that's, that sets swag, you out. Man, like, just, man, that's swag. It's different. So, <laughs> so with this new shred jersey, how come they're not purple and yellow? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. LSU? Uh, you know, you couldn't, see. you couldn't win that. You couldn't win that argument. But if you listen, when you see my shred jersey, you're gonna see where I put LSU on it. Okay, okay, we'll see. When you see it, you're like, ah. There's a there's a, there's a, con- there's a little component of a little <laughs> Easter egg. Yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah, there's, uh, there's, a, there's a unique aspect of everybody's jersey. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's kind of like the Hello jerseys, where everyone's got a different. Uh, a different oh, yeah. character that has a saying that's for hello. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Um, so the next question is Matt's, uh, which I feel like we've talked about, which is, you know, the struggle and the emotional roller coaster of 2016 UDC. But Actually, though, can I, can I just uh, comment one thing about that? Yeah, yeah. We, we almost lost our qualifier. and In Deer Park? In Deer Park. 2016 that was when kingdom came down i don't know if you've ever met the team named kingdom that's the kids from connecticut right that that ryan used to play for or yeah so there was like an understanding like in because impact used to come up to tournaments before they picked up matt uh jeff and Mm -hmm. they used to come up to tournaments in deer park or down the tournament they played they played one elite round like in 2017 maybe yeah, yeah that, that was around the time. And they um th- there was like an understanding. Impact was gonna go to uh Mount Olive or wherever they went to, and Kingdom was gonna go to Mount Sinai in uh, Long Island, which is like 30 minutes from Deer Park, and we were gonna qualify to Deer Park because that was our home sky zone. And they told me they were going to Mount Sinai, and then the day of the qualifier they showed up because their words exactly were we'd rather beat KTC now than in UDC. And that was when there was only one shot of qualifying. Yeah, if you lost, you couldn't qualify anywhere else. Yeah, and we, we actually went to game seven with them. And that was the shit that Taylor did where he, like, ro- he like rolled over a ball in midair and hit, the, and hit, like, their big – I don't even remember his name, just, like, the big arm on that team to end the game. And when I tell you, like, that experience in itself, like, I think back at that and I get nervous. Like, and even in the semifinals, actually in the semifinals, that's when you, uh, Quan actually had game two. We lost the first game. It was best out of three. Game two, Quan had to clutch up a 1v4. 
Like if I, that whole tournament is just, I, I look back at it and I'm like, man, like, and if that would have happened, we would have never went Final Four, and that was mm -hmm. our year where all that happened. So that was that was definitely an emotional year when it comes. That's to very playing. cool. Matt asks, what motivates you guys as well? Um, what motivates me is not being the best and wanting to be the best, mm -hmm. like, hands down. I know, I know where I stand and I know where I want to be. And I just feel like that hunger inside is really what just drives me, like to play every game, every match, every series, whatever it is, tournament, series, year. Like that's really what just drives me, like the hunger inside. And another thing that motivates me is the person sitting next to me. Like also like you practice with somebody all the time. You can see how his play style has impacted my growth and how my play style has impacted his growth. We match up across each other every time. Mm -hmm. We don't, there's like 5% of the time we practice together, we're playing on the same side. Like it's always like that. So that's, that's hands down what motivates me. Well, what's yeah. that saying? Knives sharpen knives or steel, whatever. Steel yeah. sharpen steel. So mm -hmm. I think that's probably the best, but you know, it's why I wanted, you know, to have the New York city practices. It's like all the best players here can finally start practicing. And the only way all of us are going to get better is by being able to play each other all the time. Unfortunately, coronavirus came and crushed that. But hopefully we'll get that going soon. And then Matt's last question, which is, what was your guys' favorite matchup of 2019? You know, it could be an individual matchup. It could be a full match, you know, uh, just, you know, playing, in, you know, against somebody. Is there anything that sticks out for you? I think my favorite match was – Nationals co-ed against Heat. Yo, that was mine too. I swear to God. I swear to God. <laughs> I think that was my favorite match in 2019. That was a that was a fantastic matchup. What was the reason? Why did that stand out for you guys? Well, mine's is because you know everybody was speaking on Heat. I didn't really know too much about the team but until I, I seen them, and I was like, "Yo, these guys are really good." And they ball. They, they ball. They really all do. They all, all do. Them, all of them ball. So, um, I don't know. Just going into that game, we, we just what? We, we, just, we didn't lose a single game going into that game. We swept round robin, co-ed, um, did not lose a single game. Like, didn't drop one game out of the series. So, and, then we beat, and then we beat Boosh 4-0. And Boosh is also a team that we know you can't sleep on Boosh. Boosh is a very notable team. So I think we lost one. One match so. to heat we lost one match okay. we we four old bush and then we we lost one uh to heat and yeah that was my favorite match too because it was just so competitive man like it, it was just like boom, 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 boom. like it was just bang bang plays everywhere it wasn't mm -hmm. like one player was outshining the rest of the team it was like everybody had to play you know like so that game was was uh, that was dope. I like, remember it was so fast-paced. It was so, like, natural. Like, everybody just, just felt like... Because yeah. <laughs> I remember there was one time where Isidro threw at Quan. Oh, I think he threw at Quan cross-court or he whatever he did. He threw at Quan and he left himself open. And I remember I had the other Dylan sitting across from me. 
So as soon as he let go of that ball, I let go of the ball, and Dylan let go of the ball, and it was just like, <laughs> and then Quan, they, he missed Quan, Quan threw the ball at someone else, and it was like, all right, who's out? Everybody took their outs there. Like, I watched the, uh, the film, but it was just so, like, bang, bang, and it was like, I was, I remember making plays that I normally wouldn't make because mm-hmm. I, I normally would feel reserved in those moments to not go, not, not be able to be out, but I felt so confident in having Drew and Quan and Zelensky and Katarino and the girls, Tasha and all them, Cole, all, like, it was just, it was great, like, have, being able to just rely on a whole team and not feel like I'm out. Like, I remember making plays like, nah, if he lets go of that ball, I'm letting go of mine. And if we both go one for one, I'm okay with it. It is what it is. Like, Yeah, there's definitely a liberating experience when you go from a team where you're like, if I get out, my team's going to lose, to a team where, like, if I get out, I know that person's going to pick me up. I know that person's going to pick me up. Like, yeah. and everything doesn't, you know, live or die with me getting in or out. Everything um, just feels so relaxed. Like, you feel yeah. like you can focus. You know, you're not worried about making a mistake mm-hmm. all the time. So, because mm-hmm. I remember when I was playing with KPC, a lot of people, I think you even told me, it was like, Quan, you need to hold on to the ball more. You know what I'm saying? You shouldn't go for those one-for-one hits or leave yourself. Yeah, I told you, you can't, I said you can't trade. I said it, on KTC, you can't trade. So, just having, just being able to play, like with that, like weight off my shoulders. It was, mm-hmm. it, was it was great. Another a matchup that I, one of my favorites was um, playing when I played with Impact was playing Outsiders, and um, open. that team is so fun to play. Those kids are so athletic, and it was it was so much fun to play because like I, I've never seen them before. Like I've never matched up against them. Only one I ever matched up against on that team was. Kim when he played on Toon Squad in UDC mm-hmm. and it was like like I wanted to see that team because I heard good things I heard and I want to play the best of the best I feel like I played the Doom I played Rise I played all these crises I played these things before but I've never like I didn't play Outsiders so I kind of mm-hmm. wanted to see what and you have the um that young gun uh what's his name Eli, Eli? yeah yeah Eli and I know he's, and I know his name speaks on itself that he's good. Like the one that he wanted. But you want to see it for yourself. Yeah, I wanted to see him. I wanted mm-hmm. to see him play. I wanted to see him across from me. And I think he does match up across from me. So it was, or whatever it was. But I, I enjoyed playing against them as well because it was like, it was a team from the East that is young kids and then a team from the South that are young kids. And that was fun to do. The thing about those kids, I mean, they're amazing players. But I, the other thing I think is amazing about them is they are the, I would say they are the most honest team I've ever seen play. They take every nick and they are just super honest, super good players. Yeah. Uh, I, I Elijah, Elijah and Mike, uh, his brother, Michael, Micah, uh, they always have this like, they always have this like era of they look like super pissed and they look like they hate everyone. But I think that's just like their gameplay style. And so like once the game's over, they're super nice and everything. It's just when they're in the game, it just seems like they're like, I hate you or you. Which is, you know, everyone like there's lots of people who play that way, but good. Yeah, look like you hate me because I want you to hate me. And then after that, it's no animosity, man. If you if you catch a ball and you you get hyped that you threw the ball that I threw the ball at you and you catch it and you're hyped, then okay, then that makes me know that I better throw the ball better next time or harder or place it better. So like, it's no. I like when people got that like that little bit of that demeanor to you, like like if if it's to the point where I feel like you're doing too much, then it's a different yeah. story, but mm-hmm. 
because I, I talk too on the court and I got that that same demeanor. Like I don't like people on the court, and then after that I could be friends. Like mm-hmm. you know how many times we've we fight with each other when we're practicing and we break each other and we sound like we hate each other. Yeah, you're brothers. That's what happens. Brothers hate each other. Exactly. And then they, and then they love each other. I think that pretty much covers everything. Um, is there anything else you guys want to talk about? You know me, I'll just keep talking about dodgeball. Yeah, dodgeball is great, man. I definitely. I don't really have, have you heard any, any news about anything dodgeball related? Because I'm freaking dying in this house. I don't know. I mean, I don't think, I don't know what, you know, it's like, it's not going to be up to the dodgeball community. It's going to be up to my girlfriend. It's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be up to, to the, the country community. You know, it's going to be up to when these governors open up the open up the states and things like that. So, do you think this season is like completely done, or do you think they're just going to like? You think they're going to say this season is completely done and just start next season earlier? So I don't know. I don't understand. You know, like I don't know why. You know, we're in May. You know, it's not like we have any sort of like fixed dates or anything. Like I don't. You know, it's like. Why can't the season just run later and end like at Christmas instead of, you know, so I don't know. But there may be, you know, I'm not part of those meetings to know that kind of stuff. They should make you part of those meetings, Justin. (laughs) (laughs) Tell whoever is part of those meetings to make Justin part of those meetings. All right, I'll get get on that. (laughs) (laughs) Because you know what I think would be a smart idea, too, because, like, I love that you're doing – I actually listen to all the podcasts. um, Well, actually, I would say most of the podcasts that you guys drop. Sometimes if I don't know the people mm-hmm. and, just, and you guys are talking about something I have no idea about, I may skip over those. But, like, especially the ones that I've seen recently with Drew and then you did the Young Guns one. I listened to all of them. I I would love if you guys did more podcasts, especially, like, I don't know how you would do it, but I was talking to Matt Levine about it recently, about, like, just doing podcasts after a tournament or after a round or, like, being able to, like, do post-tournament interviews and talk to people, like, even giving a visual aspect to it, because like my, I'm doing the podcast right now, and I'm I know all that entails with doing a podcast with video and mm-hmm. like streaming wise. I just feel like it'd be good exposure for the sport. And, no, we're definitely talking about all different types of things, um, visual stuff. You know, Steve did the a couple of different visual things from from Worlds, the thing with Paige, um, which I thought was really awesome. The thing with Brenda, which was really awesome as well. Um, so we're trying to think about different visual stuff. Just, you know, it's all work. You know, it's just whether, you know, all of us can find more time to do stuff. You know. But we're definitely thinking about other stuff. You know, we talked about, you know, post, post-tournament podcasts. And, you know, at Nationals, he usually does interviews with people at Nationals and stuff like that. To, so there's definitely that aspect. And he usually, I mean, he does, Steve does the, uh, uh, the wrap-up podcasts always when tournaments happen. So there's always that element of those things as well yeah um and then they used to do the like those dodgeball tribune things i don't know what happened to them but yeah who was in charge of that but i even enjoyed those at one point in time when they used to rank players and stuff and i feel like people probably i don't know if that's why it ended because people started catching like feelings about i think so that's that's annoying man like even if it's even if it's biased where he's ranking them Yo, it's just it's someone's opinion on who he thinks is the top fifty players. Like, I, I just I think it's I, stupid. I agree. Something like that. I, I I told Tyler, you know, 
the year we won East, he ranked us as like, I don't know, like ninth or 10th coming into the season. And I said to him that we took that as personal motivation to show him that he was wrong. So Good. Like, you know, you find, you know, I don't know if you guys are watching the Michael Jordan documentary or no. not the, the, not the, it's not Michael Jordan, but it's the, the Bulls documentary. It's might as well be the Michael Jordan documentary. But <laughs> that dude could find motivation in any little thing. Anything. Yeah. So. Anything. If, you, if you haven't watched it, make sure you watch it. It is. Right. Yeah. It is. I mean, I grew up being a Michael Jordan fan. I, you know, I'm older than you guys. So I grew up. You are? It. I'm a little bit older. How much? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, so I know a lot of it, but it's great to relive it all. Um, and I think it's good for younger people to realize, like, just the killer that he was. And then yeah. just, like, never take no for an answer. For real. Because I think, that- you know, we grew up in this society now where it's like, everyone gets a participation trophy and everyone's like, here to just have fun and we're all friends. It's like, That's it's okay. Crazy. It's okay to be a killer. And then, you know, be nice to someone afterwards. But like on the court, I hate you. And that's okay. I think it's okay, personally. That speaks to the softness of the generation, though. Like, you give you give kids participation trophies for everything that they do. They grow up soft in situations, right? They feel like they don't have to They're too entitled. People are too entitled nowadays. And that's that speaks to, like, people feeling a way about not making a top 50 list. Like, if you don't feel like you made a top 50 list, then okay. you need to go out the next season and, and ball out even harder. Make them look at you. Like, mm-hmm. I felt, like I told you, I felt like I deserved to make that – the uh, combine list, but at the end of the day, that was just motivation for me to keep going. Like, and I'm sure you're gonna try to. I'm sure you're gonna push to prove it this year. Exactly, and so Tyler's the one who does it. Tyler Greer, the one from Heat. Uh, he was, yeah, he was the one. It was, he did the do training. it again. Forget who everybody, how everybody feels. You should do it again. Don't don't listen to them. I agree. I loved I loved all his stuff that he was doing. So I would I agree with that. reading that stuff, like, and just it's just content. Especially right now, I'm sure you got some free time. Make a list. <laughs> I actually don't have free time. I still I still work five six days a week right now, so I'm busy. But all right, so someone else make a list. <laughs> yeah, so, you could you could make a list. I'll, you just, no, you just talked about people don't like me enough right now. I'm gonna make a list, <laughs> and they they're not, they're for sure not gonna like it. All right, I think that's a good way to end the podcast. But <laughs> if you guys do, you guys have any good shout outs? Anyone you want to shout out? Anyone else you wanna? Say thank you to. I want to shout out the whole Shred Squad. You feel me? Hopefully, we get back on the court soon. Um, big shout out to East Coast Dodgeball. Uh, period. You know, uh, with you, Frankie, everybody just trying to like do things to keep us in tune in dodgeball. You know, the person. What's the What's the guy name that actually runs the podcast? Um, yeah. Shout out to him. Big shout out to him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my my shout outs. Um, I'm definitely gonna shout out all of everybody in Shred. Um, my bad, sh- my bad. Go, go ahead, go ahead. I can't feel about KTC. Big apology. You know, KTC. <laughs> He's fake. I was no, gonna call you out on that. He is fake. You hear that, Bert Quan Tay? Bert Quan. He is Quan. Next to me, but he's. Oh God, you are fake. Big shout out to KTC. Can't forget where I came from. Nah, he forgot. He's fake. <laughs> My shout-outs would be, I'm definitely going to shout-out everybody in Shred, everybody on the KTC team, because, you know, I'm not fake. And um, I definitely shout-out Drew for giving us the opportunity to shine at Nationals, gave us a shot. I'll shout-out everybody in the Impact Squad, even Ryan, because Ryan's the one that I um, I reached out to that put me on 
to play um, Impact last year, so that was definitely a blessing. Um, like I said, Frankie, you, everybody that's done stuff for the uh, the sport, even people I've been talking to in the offseason, like I've been talking to Vince about jerseys and stuff because a lot of people have been reaching out to me, asking me about jerseys or if I could do stuff with them. So that's definitely – I just – I'm going to shout out everybody that's still staying positive during this time period, dodgeball-related, non-dodgeball-related. Uh, stay healthy. It's a scary time. People are dying. So, like, appreciate the little things, for real. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely want to shout out. Thanks, Steve, again, for letting me host. I, I super enjoy being able yeah, to talk to dodgeball to you guys and yeah. talk with everyone else. Um, and I'm just happy to talk to you guys. You know, I, I'm big fans of you guys. I was happy to see that you guys picked up onto a different team this year. If that, you know, KTC wasn't going to continue. I wish it was on GOAT, but, you know, I understand. <laughs> we still love you. Yeah, we, I know. We're we, we going to run the tournament together one day. We got to figure yeah, we out. Yeah, we got to do a New York City tournament. We, yeah, I'll, I'll, play, I'll, play, I'll play on GOAT for a New York City tournament. All right. For a New York City tournament, I'll give you my word. I'll play on GOAT. Sounds good. But it, it, was, definitely, it was definitely great, though, being on the show. At least just talking dodgeball, man. And like I said, we got the studio for the podcast coming real soon. Yeah, let um, us know when you have the link, when you guys start recording so we can promote it. For sure. And like I said, if you ever want to come and do a visual podcast over here, you're more than welcome to come use all my equipment. Um, we got everything being situated right now. So I got the tables. I got the microphones coming in. I just got the lights in here. Um, That's good. Laptops and the software. So whenever, whenever you want, you come and – Use the equipment, film the podcast over here if you want. All right. Dylan, All right, Quan, I'll see you guys soon, I hope. Oh, Hopefully, you. man. I hit you guys with dodgeballs. All right. New York dying. All right. See you guys. Once again, thanks so much, Steve, for letting me host the podcast. It was great talking to Dylan and Quan about their upcoming move to Shred and where they came from. While we don't have dodgeball to play, at least I can talk about it. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you guys soon.